your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Logged On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive, also the host of 1050's Leafs Lunch. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating or review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And make Locked On Leafs part of your Daily listening routine, make it your first listen of the day. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we've got uh, a couple of things that we got to get through here. Whoops, let's 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 hope that I can. <laughs> that may have been a little hot to start. I apologize if that was the case. My levels look a lot hotter than uh, they traditionally do. Um, <clears throat> first and foremost, I'm going to apologize for the nasally sounding voice throughout the duration of this podcast and probably throughout the duration of the week. Um, I am one of the unfortunate, uh, I was going to say unfortunate few, but it's more than just a few. I am one of the unfortunate many who uh, who has contracted this, this new Omicron uh, coronavirus variant and kind of put a damper on my Christmas holidays, that's for sure. Uh, so <laughs> in isolation, but luckily, really, it's 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 a very mild, mild symptoms. I don't even, barely any symptoms, no more than a head cold, just a stuffy nose, and that's about it. I think I, I, think I had a headache the one night, um, but I popped in just like a, a Advil cold and sinus, and, and it was literally as if I was as good as new. But uh, I know there are still some people who are having some more serious symptoms out there. And hopefully for those who are, who maybe listen to this podcast or have family members and friends uh, who are experiencing some worse symptoms than I am, hopefully y'all get better and hopefully everyone else can stay safe. Uh, We can kind of get through this thing. Um, But unfortunately, that's not the end of the COVID talk. Also, a couple of of big news items that we got to get to today for Lockdown Lease. First of all, uh, a couple of games will be rescheduled for Toronto. And, you know, we we figured this is going to happen. I left you guys right before the Christmas holidays, which... Hopefully everyone had a a great Christmas holiday. Um, But I left you right before and I said, look, there's a game technically scheduled for the 26th. There's technically a game scheduled, the 27th, sorry. I did not think that was going to happen. It did not happen. Then there's a game that was scheduled for tomorrow against the Penguins. In that one, I was like, ah, up in the air, but we'll see. That has now also been postponed as well. And now there are two more games that are being postponed here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's not this weekend, though. It's not this weekend's matchup against the Ottawa Senators. That one, as of now, is still expected to be played. I would expect it to to happen. Both the, both the Senators and the Maple Leafs uh, will be getting uh, a majority of their players back by the weekend. Hopefully they can get up to speed and be good enough to play. Uh, but as of now, it has not officially been postponed. However, the January 3rd game against the Carolina Hurricanes has been postponed um, due to attendance issues. So, because... Look, I'll I'll be honest. I'm not sure why this is the only one that is being postponed, the Leafs game against Carolina. Um, But the NHL put out a statement 
that said, uh, today they have announced that due to COVID-related issues affecting both clubs, that tomorrow's Red Wings and Islanders game has been postponed. And then in addition to that, due to current attendance restrictions in certain Canadian cities, nine additional games will be rescheduled for dates later in the season when such restrictions may be eased or lifted. So uh, two of those games are are in Toronto. So one is uh, the game on Monday, January 3rd against Carolina. So we're supposed to host the Carolina Hurricanes. That game will not be happening on January 3rd. It will be pushed to a later date. And then also... Uh, Toronto was expected to be in Montreal on Thursday, January 6th. That game will also be pushed and uh, kind of kicked down the road a little bit. I would, I, I think we're going to see a vastly different schedule come out in the next couple of days. I really do think that. I don't think they can just keep kicking games, you know, down, down the, uh, down, keep kicking the can down the road. I guess I think is the the terminology I'm trying to use here. Um, and just try and like bulk all these games together later in the year. I, I I know they picked up an additional three weeks, but it's just there keeps there's still more games that are being piled on here that are being canceled on the daily or being postponed on the daily. Um, but the the interesting little bit of news here is that the the game this weekend between Ottawa and Toronto um, is not going to be rescheduled, so that one is going to go on as of now, as of now, on uh, on New Year's Day uh, this Saturday. So that's looking to be like the only Leafs game, I guess, um, <laughs> between now and geez, I don't even know when the Leafs will be able to play another game. But that that one hopefully does get to go. Uh, but Montreal, all of their home games. All of their home games between now and uh, Monday, January 10th have been postponed. And if you guys recall, uh, the Montreal Montreal had taken all their fans out of the building. They put in a mandate where, they, where there was zero capacity, 0% capacity, no fans whatsoever. And this is through uh, until January 12th. So uh, all of their games up until the 10th have been postponed and will be brought back uh, on a later date. Now, this was something that was being discussed earlier. Uh, I believe my colleague at TSN, Pierre Lebrun, was kind of first to report it, how he was hearing that due to uh, HRR, I guess we could say like the the HR, the revenue and whatnot. There, um, there was a good opportunity, a good chance that we were going to see a lot of these Montreal games that were going to have no fans be rescheduled for later down the road um, because <laughs> they don't want to lose out on that gate revenue. And clearly, they're doing the same with this Carolina Toronto game as well as Pittsburgh and Ottawa on New Year's Eve, um, Buff uh, Seattle and Winnipeg. Also on Saturday, January 8th, that is also um, an issue as of now. And then uh, Minnesota and Winnipeg as well on Monday, January 10th. So nine Canadian games entirely uh, have been postponed due to these uh, restrictions. So that's kind of the latest news in terms of in terms of COVID, in terms of missing stuff. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, so that's that. Why don't we take a, a quick break here? I, I needed to get that news out of the way just because that was the, the most pressing news, I suppose. We'll take a quick break here, and we'll talk about some of the temporary changes that have been made to the CBA now um, that should help 
like stop these postponements from happening should help facilitate a you know kind of a, a more smoother season for the next six weeks or so um so i'll talk about those we'll talk about some of the guys uh you know what's going on at least practice um who's back who's not uh, and then also, uh, I got a couple of, of listener questions for Twitter Tuesday that we'll get to as well. Um, just a couple, though. Only only received a couple. So uh, for next week, if you guys want to send some in, uh, that would be greatly appreciated as well. But for now, we'll take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll get to all the other news going on in the NHL. And we'll do that in return here on Locked on Leafs. Bet online as you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to your website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive that bonus. From basketball to football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked on Leafs. I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. Just a reminder, this is a daily Maple Leafs podcast. You can listen to the show each and every day, Monday to Friday, for brand new episodes from myself where we dive into all things Maple Leafs hockey. Uh, There hasn't been much Maple Leafs hockey as of late, obviously. They haven't played a game in a very long time. Uh, It's been like, what, 17, 8, no, what's it been? 18 days almost? 14 days. Yeah, two weeks to the date, actually. Two weeks to the date where the Maple Leafs have not played a single game. Uh, They're back at practice, though. They did return to practice a couple of days ago. On the 26th, they did their testing, and then I think it would have been yesterday. Uh, They would have finally been able to get back out onto the ice. And um, we've had some interesting comments kind of start to to come out of practice. Um, I, I, I saw that uh, Jonas Siegel was tweeting out that Austin Matthews talking about how, you know, yesterday's practice, the first one out of this COVID break, was actually worse than what they're seeing in in uh, after uh, training camp. Sorry, after training camp. Like, he said that because in training camp, you're kind of gearing up for it. You're skating a little bit before you go, and you're, you're re- ready to go. <coughs> Sorry about that. But for this, you're not skating. You can't really work out that much. Um, you're just kind of sitting around doing nothing. So getting back out there and getting a full skate in, he said, was actually tougher. And it's he, this is from a guy who wasn't on the COVID list. Imagine, you know, some of these other guys. You know, Jack Campbell, who came off the list and joined this team today. Um, guys like John Tavares, who are now off. But what about guys like Morgan Riley? Jake Muzzin, who's the latest to, to hit the COVID list. Um, you know, like these guys who I don't believe will be available this weekend when they take on the Ottawa Senators. And uh, I'll let you know what that blue line's going to look like in just a moment. Uh, but not not great. No Morgan Riley, no Jake Muzzin. Eh, ay, 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 ay. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks between the... Lack of games, 
due to postponements, and this is based on, I guess, if they don't rejig the entire schedule, which I kind of anticipate happening, but between a lack of games and guys just kind of coming off of the COVID list, trying to work themselves back into game shape, it's going to almost feel like preseason for like the next couple of weeks, I feel. Honestly, I, I think that is almost like what it's going to be like. Um, it's not just going to be the Maple Leafs, though. Like Every team is going to be in the same scenario. Like There's a, a, a lot of players who are in COVID protocol, or a lot of players who entered COVID protocol at some point this season. Uh, or over the course of the last week and a half or so. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks. Uh, it's, well, it's going to be an interesting season. It already has been. But, you know, I, the level of hockey, I think, will be at more like a, a preseason pace, which is going to be real, real, uh, real interesting to see. This is what the defensive pairings looked like in practice today. And barring... um whether or not Morgan Riley or Rasmus Sandin, who might be available if he's healthy to come uh, to come back from uh, from protocols, and this also is dependent on the new if if the CDC this all right I'll get to the CDC thing after but these were the the pairings at practice today Brody and Lilligren Dermot Hall Alex Biega and Carl Dahlstrom. And then Rubens and Crawl were also uh, there as well, skating today. Yeah, Bieg and Dahlstrom would be the third pair uh, if they were at, to have had to have played a game yesterday or today, rather, um, or tomorrow. If they would have had to play tomorrow's game against Pittsburgh, that would have been your lineup. Uh, we'll see if they end up getting some guys out of protocol in time and have them be ready for the game on Saturday. I guess time will tell how how long it'll take for some guys to to feel comfortable to hop back into in-game action. Uh, you know, like the second that they get off of the COVID list, we'll see. But that could very well end up being the defense uh, the defensive core for the team come Saturday and that's dicey. <laughs> so not only are they missing Morgan Riley, but also Jake Muzzin and then maybe even Sandine might not be ready to go. Uh, come this weekend. Uh, okay, so I, I spoke before I took the break how there was a couple of things that I wanted to get into about the changes that were made to the CBA to try and try and you know mitigate some of the issues, COVID issues that have arised here in the NHL. So clearly we have a bunch of players who are testing positive, entering protocol, leaving teams you know, gutted, no players, they're playing shorthanded, two, sometimes three uh, less skaters on the, the, on the, on the, the, the game roster. It, it was just ridiculous before things finally took a pause. Um, you know, you had the emergency recall situation also, which the Maple Leafs kind of got stuck with earlier. Remember the, they had to get that U of T goaltender because of the, the emergency recall. They couldn't recall somebody. They had to play a man short. And they decided to roll the dice and go with the shorthanded goaltender, and then play. But that's also now been kind of ratified, and they've fixed that situation as well. Um, so uh, you know, the the biggest change that that is temporarily these are temporary changes that is being made to the CBA. The NHL is bringing back uh, the taxi squad until the the All Star break, which as of now apparently still scheduled to go. I don't know why. 
but it is what it is. Go figure. <laughs> I could only imagine. <laughs> only imagine how pissed off players are going to be if they have to go to Vegas, not be able to do anything, have to put on a, a, a smile and a pretty face for ESPN, while at the same time knowing that they were unable to do another big event in the Olympic Games. Yeah, that should go over swimmingly, especially a guy like Brad Marchand. If you didn't see what his comments were earlier today, I encourage you to go look them up on Twitter. Uh, he is not happy uh, with the NHL and the NHL's PA decision to not go to the Olympics um, and not figure that out. But I rest my case. Let's bring it back to the temporary taxi squads. So uh, the way that it's going to work is you can have a maximum of six players with at least one goaltender. So similar to last year. Um, All of them, though, must be waiver eligible. And no player can exceed 20 cumulative days on the taxi squad. So uh, this part is interesting because there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of concerns from some players and, and, and even like I would speak to guys like Mike Johnson or, you know, Jamie McLennan and guys who have played in the game and, and, you know, prominent, um, prominent hockey analysts and reporters. And one of the big issues about the taxi squad was, well, it it could hurt the development of guys. You know, you don't want guys withering away on a taxi squad. Um, this kind of puts a kibosh to that in a way, like they can't be there for for 20 days uh, in a row. So that means that they would either have to be put on the active roster and play or uh, they would have to be sent back down. So they're not going to wither away for a couple of months or, you know, for for any more than 20 days. <clears throat> so that's that kind of, I guess, dissolves that problem, if, if you will. Um also, the NHL will not, or teams will not be able to use it as a way to taxi players up and down as paper deals uh, to gain some sort of uh, salary cap flexibility. This is something we saw happen last year a lot with the with the uh, with the taxi squad. That is not something that the NHL is going to be allowing this season. This is strictly only going to be used if needed. Um, should uh, some sort of breakout happen in uh, within a team. The other th- modification we see is the emergency recall situation. Uh, I-, I was alluding to it before where they had that, remember that university goaltender from UFT who was Jack Campbell's backup the one night when Peter Morazic went, uh, went down the night before and they had to play a game shorthanded before they could enact an emergency recall and bring up Michael Hutchinson. Uh, that that is no longer going to be an issue. Um, so according to the CBA modifications, uh, the emergency recall situation has been fixed. So uh, it says if a club has fewer than two goaltenders on its active roster who are able to play in the club's next regular season game due to an injury or illness, it will be permitted to recall a goaltender immediately without the club playing the previous game with fewer than two goaltenders. I, for one, have no idea why it, it, this isn't a thing anyways. It makes zero sense to me why teams have to play shorthanded um, in order to enact an emergency recall. It makes zero sense to me. Uh, but, say la vie, they are changing that. Um and and that will be positive that it will be possible. Uh, also, this will work if a club has fewer than twelve forwards or six defensemen on his active roster. 
Um, yeah, so it, it also works for skaters. So you don't have to play with fewer than 18 skaters to enact emergency recalls uh, anymore as well. So hopefully we're not seeing issues where there was only 15, 16 uh, skaters for a team when they were going up and playing uh, a, 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 an NHL game. Like, it's just, it was it was ludicrous. It was ridiculous. The other thing that puts a little bit of a, an interesting wrinkle into things, you know, I'll, I'll get into this on the other side before I get to the listener questions, actually, because we got to take one more quick break. Um, but on, on the other side, I'll talk to you a little bit about this, uh, what the CDC has recommended and kind of the problem that this could pose for the NHL. Not so much a problem, but like it could become a bit of a tricky situation. So I'll explain uh, why the quarantine recommendations by the CDC could pose a tricky situation for some NHL clubs. I'll explain that next. I'll also get to your listener questions, and we'll do all that when we return here on the Locked on Leaves podcast. Welcome back into Locked on Leafs. Mike DiStefano, a.k.a. Al's brother, the host of this program. Uh, just, just, again, if you've made it this far through this nasally, nosy process, appreciate you sticking with me this far. Um, but I am putting in the effort, even though I am feeling a little stuffed up, still getting that content out there for you guys to listen to. So hopefully you can kind of look past this, or get past the... The nasaliness of the voice, uh, of the nose, and and still take the content and enjoy it. Um, okay, so before I get to the listener questions, there were a couple that were that were uh, that were sent in here. Um, I want to first talk about what the CDC is doing. So, uh, what the Center of Disease Control, I believe, is what uh, CDC stands for, and so they've sent out a recommendation uh, in the. United States in the states so this is all a just a recommendation I believe at this time um, and also only in the US but they've sent out a recommendation to uh, shorten the quarantine time for positive cases from 10 days to just five days uh, given if you are uh, asymptomatic and um, you know, don't show any more symptoms and you test negative. Uh, from 10 days to 5 days. This could massively help things in the NHL as a lot of these cases in pro sports, when I even, though you need to just link it to the NHL or even sports in the world, a lot of these cases have been either extremely mild symptoms or asymptomatic. So, I think... What makes it interesting, I know that the NFL is going to adhere to the CDC guidelines and, you know, they're now going to go from 10 to 5 days. The thing is, like, who's going to... What's going to be tricky for them is monitoring what you consider asymptomatic. Like, at this point, a sniffle, like a stuffy nose, like, I get a stuffy nose at this time almost every year. A, a lot of people do. It's just the time of year. It's, it's cold outside. You're going from inside to outside, hot to cold. You know, it, it just happens. So is that considered like a mild symptom? Is that considered asymptomatic? Like, how are you really going to control a lot of this stuff? I That's that's going to be a, a totally different animal, I think, that, these, that the NFL is going to have to deal with, you know, deciphering what is truly asymptomatic or like 
is a sniffle or a cough um, a serious symptom for them? Like, I, I don't know. They're going to have to decide on that, though, and that's going to be a whole another can of worms. But I'm not so sure the NHL is going to be able to uh, adopt this, you know, lessened quarantine just based on the border issue. Um, it's the same that the NFL, what we talked about last week, with the NFL trying to just not test asymptomatic guys. You know, the border makes this so difficult. Um, you know, being with with the Canadian guidelines, and typically they're a little shorter to the, you know, are uh, slower to the, to, to the trigger to make decisions. They like to see how things play out a little bit more. I could see them not adhering to these new American CDC guidelines um, or recommendations, I believe. I don't know if they're exactly guidelines, but recommendations at this point um, that can be implemented if you wish. I don't know if Canada will necessarily adhere to those right away. And if that's the case, I don't know how the NHL could possibly make this a league-wide thing um, because you would have a massive, massive disadvantage to the Canadian teams who will have to have their players spend double the amount of time in quarantine um, just sheerly based on where they live, like where the team is. And if that's the case, is is, is this only going to be implemented when you're in Canada? Like if you're in the States and your team's on like a road trip, like a, let's say you're on like an 11-day road trip, you test positive on day two of that road trip, could you theoretically five days from then, because you're on an American road trip, uh, say a West Coast road trip or something, could you theoretically come back five days later because you're in the U.S.? I, I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting situation for, I'm saying interesting way too much today. Bad crutch word. I'm going to blame the COVID. Um, <laughs> it's, it, but it's going to be different, you know? I, I think the NHL has their work cut out for them for how they kind of navigate this new uh, recommendation from the CDC because I don't know if you can necessarily tell the American teams, yep, go ahead, shorten it to five days, yet force the Canadian teams to do so. But then again, at the end of the day, this is a business. And if you can get your star players and you know the proper product on the ice five days quicker in America, where most of the teams are, I mean, yeah, it may not be fair, but no one said life is fair and business is business. I could kind of see the NHL turning a blind eye and being like, sucks to suck, Canada. Tell them to change their guidelines. I I don't know. I, I'm not saying I agree with any of this. I'm not making any sort of stance, but I can see the NHL looking at this, making a business decision. I mean, look what they just did, moving all of these games that are in Canada. You know, they're just punting them down the season later on because they don't want to play those home games because it's a business decision they want that hrr they want that gate you know and i feel like like teams who have massive covid issues covid outbreaks they're not getting that gate i mean like if if i was let's say i was in in tampa tonight um you know i know they're like Vasilevsky's not going to be there. Uh, Braden Point is is st- actually I think Braden Point is going to be there, but you know no Kucherov and 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 like there's just a number of players that aren't going to be in that game. Let's take Toronto for example. Actually, let's say for example Toronto had a game tonight. 
TJ Brody, Lilligren, Dermott, Hall, Biegan, Dahlstrom would be that blue line. Is that, are you going to go to that game? Like, really, are you going to go to that game? Are you going to save your money and maybe go a couple weeks from now instead and go to an, a, a game where they stand a chance with their actual roster? You know, like that that's kind of the problem that, that I think... Uh, you know, the reason why I'm I'm not surprised or I won't be surprised if the NHL does decide to kind of take the CDC's recommendations and it's kind of sucks to suck for the Canadian teams. I don't know exactly if that's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised based on how the NHL operates and how Gary Bettman operates and knowing that, uh, you know, they think league first, business first, and it probably would be a better business decision to operate under the new CDC recommendations. All right, uh, really quickly, let's get to these, uh, let's get to these questions that I got here. Um, Break this down and, all right, hold on one second. Let me see. That is not a question about the Leafs, but I could answer that one in just a moment because there's this quite it's quite possible you guys would also want to know that, but I'll get to least questions first. Uh, this one from Justin Hunt, jhunt1980 on Twitter. Appreciate the question, Justin. His question is, is Giordano the top target for the Leafs this year? So, trade deadline question. Love it. Uh, we are, we're far out from the trade deadline. I haven't even thought about the trade deadline. I don't even know... Like, at this point, with what's going on in the world and what's going on with, with COVID and whatnot, like, are GMs even talking to each other right now? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on in the trade market. I haven't heard boo. It's all been COVID, COVID, COVID. I haven't heard about anybody, you know, asking for a trade, any names that are out there. And this is typically when trade chatter starts to, to start a little bit, right? Usually... Around the new year, people start or teams start to figure out if, if they're going for it and, and the, the, the buyers and the sellers start to get established and you start to hear some rumors. And that has not been happening with what's been going on in the world. There have been I mean, they've just been trying to figure out who can play the game, let alone trying to, to change their rosters. They're just trying to see if they can fill out a roster for Pete's sake. Um, but to answer your question I'm hoping that by March, the trade deadline, I think it's March 21st, I want to say. I'm hoping by then we uh, this is not an issue anymore and we could still go ahead and, and talk about uh, talk about trades and trades will be happening. Uh, I don't know if Giordano is necessarily the top trade target for Toronto. I probably would rather a, a right a right shot guy and and I know righty lefty what does that what does that do like oh does that really matter it matters a little bit I think um and like Giordano yeah he's he's a great great defenseman but I think they already have a couple of Giordanos I think they just need you know someone who's just a little bit more a little bit more sandpaper out there let me see what TSN's trade bait list is right now um typically they put out a trade bait list I think they did it earlier in the month uh, yeah, they did. Is there anyone out there that may make some sense? Ben Sherratt makes a lot of sense. That's another lefty, but but that kind of is the type of player that they're looking to bring in. You know, like a Ben Sherratt type of player. The, I think that could be an opportunity to, to, to go out and get somebody. Now, I heard that they were looking to get a first-round pick out of him. 
I don't know if I'm willing to give up a first-round pick for Ben Sherratt, to be honest with you. Uh, he's a pending UFA. They at least have it, but uh, I don't know. I I don't think... No, I don't think Giordano would be my first option. And he's also making a lot of money. The Maple Leafs would have to jump through hoops to, to kind of make that work. I mean, I guess they could toss uh, Richie into a deal, or they could try and find a contract to toss in there. Maybe they get the goalie Peter Mrazek's contract off the books to try and swing a deal. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to say no. I, I don't have a name for you on who I would rather at this time, but I don't think Giordano is exactly the top target that I'd be interested in going after. Um, okay, let's go with... Um, all right, next question. How good would Caden Gooley look on the least back end? Bracket, they passed on him in the draft. This is from uh, JB at Jerry Beal 9. Yeah, Caden Gooley, the Canada captain at the World Juniors. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I think you would look uh, look in a, in a you know blue and white uniform with another type of maple leaf on the chest. Uh, unfortunately, he went one pick after Rodion Amirov in the draft uh, that year, a couple of years back, to the Montreal Canadiens. And yeah, that could be a pick that already it seems like could 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 sting a little bit. You know, I, I think Gooley looks like a terrific player. I'm gonna I'm gonna spin this around on you though, and, and I'm gonna say that Gooley wouldn't necessarily be the player that uh, that I'd be most upset about for them passing on Amiro. So I'm gonna change your question, and I guess I'm, I I can do that. Um, to, to answer your question, I suppose how good would he look? He would look fantastic on this blue line in the future. I think Caden Gooley is gonna be a terrific player. If there was a player though in that draft who, if I could redo it right now today. I would probably want Dawson Mercer, to be honest with you, over Roddy on Amirov. I think they needed the forward because they knew that, well, <laughs> I mean, they just know that they're not going to be able to afford much top six talent. So they're going to need young top six talent. They thought Amirov could do that eventually. Uh, he's struggling out of the gate. He's struggling to get ice time in the KHL, which is obviously hurting his his potential and hurting his uh, his development. Whereas Dawson Mercer is lighting it up right now for the New Jersey Devils um, a year out of being drafted. So Dawson Mercer, I think, would probably be the guy who I would really be upset about uh, them passing at this point two years out. You know, Amirov could turn into something. But funny enough, I think if we were to take a look at our prospect rankings right now, I don't know if Amirov is is necessarily the best player from that draft. It might be Topi Nimala who's playing significant minutes and playing a top role for the Finns at the World Juniors. Guy's going to be, it looks like a stud, a little undersized, but looks like a real good player, plays the right side, defenseman. Um, you know, so there's some good and some bad in that draft just a couple years out, but still some time for Mirov to to become, uh, you know, kind of that middle six player that he was billed to be when, uh, when he was drafted. All right, uh... One last question here, and it's from Matty Rockets 34. Uh, Matty Rockets 34 says, uh, if there's one way to spin a positive out of this COVID situation for the Maple Leafs, what would it be? Positive spin. 
Well, here's one for you. Um, how about Jack Campbell getting a bunch of rest? Yes, this guy's played. He's played unreal all season long, but you know, fatigue was always going to be a bit of a factor, a bit of a, a question mark going into the season. And the amount of hockey that he's been forced to play with the injury to Peter Morazic, um, getting this like two week rest, not having to play, he even got rest before that because you know they're able to get a couple of games in. Um, you know, before he was he, uh, Morazic had gotten a couple of games in beforehand, so he hasn't played too too much hockey over the course of the last three weeks or so. So you know, I, I think that you could look at that as a positive. For a guy like Jack Campbell, um, you know that that should allow him to go forward into the second half of the season, or into the I don't know two thirds of the season. I know it's a little bit more than than that, or less than that still left. <clears throat> but you know, I think that you, you got to look at that as a positive. <laughs> like it's one of the it's it's one of the positives at least is that Jack Campbell who was being worked that worked and worked had to start so many games something he's never done before something that you know was always kind of uh it was a talking point and and when his play started to slip a little bit a couple of weeks back you know the questions were creeping up like oh is is this fatigue starting to set in a little bit and uh you know getting getting a, a full two weeks off not playing much hockey um within let me see exactly how many games that he's played uh at this point because it's it's honestly not not a lot like if you take a look at jack campbell's um i guess we can look at his game logs like he really hasn't played all that much hockey recently um terrible audio form for me to do this all live but ah say lovey yeah he's played five games since December 1st, correct? Yeah. So five games since December 1st. So from December 1st to Jan 1, he'll played five games. That's it. That whole entire month, five games. He hasn't played since December 14th. He didn't play that before then. It was December 9th that he played before that. So five days before that. So since December 10th, one game. One game played for... Uh, Jack Campbell since December 10th. So I, I think that's that's really good for the Maple Leafs to, you know, that you could spin that positively, I guess, is, you know, the rest that he has obtained through this shutdown certainly, um, certainly could benefit uh, him and benefit the Leafs down the road, assuming he picks up where he left off, which, why wouldn't he? He did that this year. He picked up right where he left off last year. uh, Did that this season when the year started. I think this is what Jack Campbell is. Um, So that's my positive. That's my positive outlook. Uh, Let me know if you guys can think of of another positive thing. I mean, Austin Matthews a little bit, you know, healthier. They're a bit of a a veteran team, to be honest. So just a lot of them. Morgan Riley, John Tavares, uh, Jake Muzzin, you know, Brody, a, a lot of these guys, veterans in the league, just give them a couple more weeks to rest up, you know, just a, a mid-season rest to try and get healthy. So I guess that's kind of the positive spin I'll take. Sure, that works for every team. Every team's a little bit healthier, but that's uh, definitely a good thing for the Maple Leafs as well. 
All right, uh, that's going to do it for me today on the podcast, though. I uh, really appreciate you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms <coughs> and receive daily Leafs content. Apologize for that. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow, but until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.